I came from a low-income family that was that was struggling. You see how hard life can get. GC became a part of my life because I don't want my family to fall back into that. I never thought education would take me this far. I'm still young. I still have a lot to do in my life, and just want to get things done the way I want with a good education under me. I'm Stacy, and Grand Canyon University helped me find my purpose. Whatever you're doing, we're going to be in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes of gaming goodness because DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week. Delivered the way we love it to be, and that is completely free. Thanks to our patrons at patreon.com slash DLC pod. They bring the show to you. They are responsible for making sure this show continues through their generosity and support. We are grateful. But also, they get some pretty darn cool stuff in return. They get ad-free versions of the show, they get video versions of the show on demand, and they get, at a high enough tier, they get bonus content up the wazoo, if you're into that, including the paid DLC program, which is on Wednesdays and features the amazing and wonderful Lana Bashinsky alongside Christian Spicer and myself talking about whatever nonsense comes up. This week, a very popular show dubbed the best piece of podcasting ever created, mostly because we talked about farts. We talked about farts, uh, but it's, it's a delightful episode. Don't let that dissuade you. Also, every Friday, if that's not your persuasion, maybe you like, uh, I don't know, a more highbrow approach. Feeling this Fridays, where Christian Spicer and Alex Sulman talk about the way games make them feel. All of that content comes to you should you decide to support the show at patreon.com slash DLC pod. This show, though, this show, the main show, DLC, is the show all about games in their many forms. Games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles. Also games that involve, involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Kanata, the spell with two N's and one T, and I am joined, as always, by my friend slash co-host slash nemesis. The guy who's picking up the leaves in his yard and enduring that L.A. fall. Does L.A. have a fall? Christian Spicer! It's Christian Spicer. Hey, Christian. Hello, Jeff. Hello, everyone. Last week's feeling this was about active reload and the idea of kind of quick time engagement in game and how that makes games feel and what that engagement is like. And this Friday's is about Streets of Rage, uh, most specifically Streets of Rage 2 and kind of brawlers. And it is an awesome chat. Also this week, Jeff, going out first to patrons, is we are publishing our God of War Ragnarok spoiler cast. Holy smokes, Christian and I did an hour talking God of War Ragnarok spoilers. We asked 
our patrons when they wanted that released uh, right away or, or wait. They decided uh, to wait at least uh, over the weekend. So we will be publishing that this week. Uh, and uh, regular listeners to the show uh, will have to wait uh, to listen to that. But our patrons get that first. And it is a fun, fun talk. Uh, we talk a lot about uh, all the cool, nitty-gritty goodness that is God of War Ragnarok. So again, patreon.com slash pod is where you sign up to get all that content. Too much content! But we got content coming for you today, too. We got lots to talk about. There, uh, there are games. There are new games. There's, uh, there's a certain blue hedgehog that we're going to talk about. Uh, all kinds of crazy, interesting stuff. Game awards were just announced. Uh, but we have an awesome guest to do all of that with. You know, the DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But this week, once again, I am pleased to say DLC stands for Dorsal Land Contributor because from Finland, these are dorsals of Finland. Ah, it's one of our one of our favorite people and podcaster extraordinaire patrick beja is back with us hey patrick hey i'm so happy to be here it is such a joy to be on this show every time i'm on i feel better after well during after i go back (laughs) to feeling normal but during it's a it's a rush Wow. Uh, so thank you for having me. That's delightful. It's good to know that the feeling does not linger. We, uh, <laughs> well, that's why, that's why I have to, to keep listening to the show. There you and, go. And, uh, I, I very weird to listen to it at normal speed, by the way, hearing oh, you really? talk you is a, weird now. Are you a fast listener? Yes. Yes. And, well, uh, let me tell you that intro music, when you listen to it at twice <laughs> the speed or 1.5, it is, it is, uh, it's energy. Um, well, you, maybe so you should slow it down and have that nice feeling last a little longer, Patrick, not just blow through all the nice, as, the, the nice feeling that nice. you get. Yeah. Can, I admit something? Can I admit something to both of you, you all? You have never oh, listened no. to DLC. No, well, I mean, uh, he doesn't listen to it po- while he's recording. You know what I'm saying? All of my podcasts. <laughs> what was that, Jeff? I didn't hear you. Yeah. All of my, all of my podcasts, I just click on them and say, marked, listened. I never, I don't even bother starting it. I just say, Mark, Nice. That's listened, the fastest way like, to get through it. That's the fastest possible way. Man, I loved this week's 99% Invisible. I just clicked listened and I was like, <laughs> you, uh You listened to it at infinity speed? <laughs> yeah. just I, I don't even subscribe to half of the podcast I listen yeah. to because I can't even bother, you know? Smart. like Smart. Yeah. The smart way to do it. And, but then you get the, the feeling of satisfaction that you've listened. All right. Enough of that nonsense. We got a big show for you, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to get right into it. Let's start it's the way we always do. Listen to it at one point five. It's a much smaller show. <laughs> Sorry. We're going to start <laughs> right now. Here we go with story of the week. Story of the week. It's the story of the week. Story of the week. It's the story of the week. Story of the week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happen in the world of games this week. You can always. Submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. That's where we love to hear from you. You can send comments, questions, anything you'd like us to notice. We read that. We love hearing from you. dlcfeedback at gmail.com. But we're also, also, always dipping into our communities. The the subreddit, which is 5x5dlc.reddit.com. Great place. And the Discord. Lively, fun, great folks. Check it out. 5x5dlc on Discord as well. Well, but Patrick, you are our guest, so you get first pick of stories. What would you consider to be your story of the week? 
it's a fun game this this uh, this time because there isn't like necessarily one story that I know everyone's going to want to talk about. Mm. So I have to choose like the ones that I want to talk about and the ones I think you are going to talk about, but <laughs> maybe choose the one that I'm not sure you select. So I'm going to go with the financial results for Nintendo and the numbers we have on the Switch because it might uh, give us clues into what's going to be happening in the next uh, 12 to 18 months. Uh, the, the uninteresting part is Nintendo is making lots of money. I think, you know, that's, <laughs> <laughs> as always, they're swimming in cash. But the really interesting part is that there are two things. First, they have reached 114 million units sold for the Nintendo Switch, which means... It is a given that within the next quarter, it's going to become the third most sold console in the history of game consoles. It's currently at uh, at, at fifth place, and uh, just above it are PlayStation 4, 117 million, Game Boy, Game Boy and Game Boy Color, 118 million. So it will reach that. Then you have like another gap and you have Nintendo DS at 154 million, PlayStation 2 at 155 million. Will the Nintendo Switch ever reach beyond the top 3 that is now pretty much guaranteed? Will it surpass the Nintendo DS and PlayStation 2? It seems unlikely because because sales are slowing down for the console, not for software, which is what really matters. Software is still selling a lot. The console, it might be slowly reaching the end of its life. Well, not the end, but you know, it's like it, it might not sell another 40 million. Which means also, uh, since Nintendo likes selling games and they need to sell consoles to sell games, maybe within like 12 to 18 months, we're going to see a Nintendo Switch 2 to revitalize the uh life of uh, you know the 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 sales of their hardware and uh i i like to call it the super switch i'm i'm kind of i thought it was going to come out first of all a year ago and that it was going to be called the super switch clearly it didn't although one might argue the oled was initially supposed to be more powerful but um yeah maybe it's going to come out and maybe it's it's going to be called the super switch but maybe not maybe it's just going to be switch 2 that would be awesome. I would like to see a Switch that actually can render graphics properly. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting. It's interesting that your take on this is the Switch is doing so great that we got to put it out to pasture. It's done. It's too, it's sold oh, well, so it's, many units. It's time to just ignore that thing. It's slowing completely. down and there's only so many, you know, that's what Nintendo does, especially in the, in the mobile market. They, first of all, what they do is that they create like three different versions of your, the same console. So they will sell it to different people, like multiple times who will then hand them down to their friends and not friends, family. Let's keep, let's be serious here. You won't give your switch to your friend. You will give it to your <laughs> child or, you know, spouse or something. Um, but then at some point, you have to move on and compatibility is pretty much assured here. Uh, so that's my understanding. You know, it's doing super well, incredibly well, but I don't think it's going to reach that top three or top two. Yeah. So that means... I'm sure, uh, you know, I'm sure Nintendo is, is quite pleased 
Uh, as as we've noted, uh, you know, the Switch has multiple, the Switch OLED, Switch Lite, they all kind of cum- uh, cumulatively add up to being this massive number. But Nintendo also said that uh, hardware units are down 19% year over year uh, as, uh, compared to last year. So, you know, you, you're right. It is slowing. It is down. There's obviously other factors that contribute to that as well with our uh, continued supply issues. Um, but you also mentioned, Patrick, how the uh, software is crushing it. Uh, this new Kirby game, Kirby in the Forgotten Land, the highest selling Kirby game in the history of that franchise at 2.6 million units for a cumulative sales of 5.3. Uh, it's pretty, pretty darn good. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, 48.4 <laughs> million copies of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. That's why that game never comes down in price. That's why no Nintendo games come down in price. Holy smack-a-doodles. 48.4 million units of Mario Kart 8. Oh, my golly. Splatoon um, 3 shipped 8 million units in one quarter. Eight, unbelievable. You know, and, and I think a lot of people look at these numbers and think, oh, well, you know, whatever, Call of Duty did that. Or This is a single console game. Yeah. Uh, now, five of those millions were in Japan, but for for a, 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 an exclusive game, eight million is. A, I mean, it's a lot for any game, but yeah, it, it, even more for an ex, a, a platform exclusive. Christian, what do you make of this? Uh, do, do you do you buy Patrick's hypothesis that uh, this incredible sales peak is a peak, and that we're we're about to see a, a new piece of hardware that'll have to uh, you know start climbing up that mountain again? Um, pre like Bayonetta three or uh Pokemon Legends earlier this year, I would have been like, the Switch has plenty of life left in it. And then Bayonetta three, it's like, oh yeah, the Switch feels long in the tooth. <laughs> like I love that game. I love Bayonetta three, but it is uh, it is not a stunner, especially in those cutscenes. Um, the only reason, and like Patrick, I too have been. I think all of us have been like the the next like the day this first switch came out and we learned its specs, I think everybody was like, well, switch Two coming soon. (laughs) (laughs) Here it comes. Um, I I do think the global chip environment could prevent them from looking to launch something new. Um, You know, I, I, I like Patrick. I do think backwards compatibility would be very important to Nintendo at this point. Um, I, I think I still think that if there is a new console coming, if it doesn't launch alongside new Zelda, uh, that's a miss. You know they they have a track record of doing that cross gen Zelda. Oh, that now. won't happen. You, you mean Tears of the Kingdom? Yeah. Oh no, that won't happen. That's in like so, six months. Too soon. I know. Months, what you're saying. And so if yeah. that if that is launching with this system, and then. For your prediction or you know hypothesis patrick a, a new console drops six months after that no, I, I think early I 2024 know. and they will have you know they have so much that they can do of course there will be big games coming with it but they have so much that they can do to 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 sell it you know there's one company i'm not too worried about for a, a big drop with a console release and and in the tradition of uh, big boy consoles in the past few years, uh, you'll you have all your games, your previous games that are going to run so much better. 
<laughs> who wouldn't want to get a new switch to to play tears of the kingdom at 4k 60 fps right and with better ray tracing yeah, yeah. i mean it's gonna be very uh, interesting to I'm see not convinced christian he's he's like yeah right what I, mean, I, I, I think all, all i heard patrick is that nintendo just needs to release 54 million special edition switches and they'll be the number one selling <laughs> console of all time <laughs> the 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 future of Nintendo is very interesting to speculate about because uh, this this success of the Switch does feel like it it puts them in a corner insofar as it feels like the Switch is what they're going to make from now on. But Nintendo usually zags when you think they're going to zig. And, you know, the, the previous, the Wii was the giant, huge, massive, uh, unprecedented level of sales. And then they tried to Wii U it and, and everybody went, nah, no, nah, thanks. Uh, so maybe they will take that and go, wow, well, we can't do that with the Switch. We can't just well, try to switch you. It uh, definitely will not be called the Switch U. That is for certain. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> no, but the, the, you know, the, the Wii is kind of a, 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 how do you call it? Like a, a funny mirror. Like you think it's one thing, but it's really not. The Wii was a giant success because there was a, there was a ton of people who bought it as like a toy, that they would put in their cupboard and get out once a year and then put back in. Right. And it, it was like a, a novelty thing for normal people, like right. not gamers. The switch is, and you can see that you can see that on the attach rate, the number of uh, games that people buy per console. The switch is an unmitigated success across the board. There it's Correct. selling yeah. tons of hardware more than the Wii, by the way, a lot more than the Wii. Well, it's at a hundred million the Wii, um, and a ton of software. As you know, it's like it's it's ridiculous. The top thirty in Japan is like twenty <laughs> Switch games. Anyway, um, so I, I don't think the two are a good comparison. Like the Wii, they knew they had to do something different. I think the Switch. The lesson of the Switch is you can at least milk it for a Switch Two. Maybe you have to switch things up afterwards <laughs> but you have one more iteration of that uh and, i'm inclined also, to agree i'm inclined to agree with you I, I i think that's likely but also you know we're this week this week is the two-year anniversary of playstation 5 and xbox series two years two years and the biggest uh playstation 5 release also came out on playstation 4 you know god of war ragnarok also on PlayStation 4. That feels... It's just a, such a weird generation of hardware that I don't know... I mean, if, you, if you're talking about like a Switch to early 2024, that's four years into these other consoles. Like what... At what point... I don't know. I, I, it's, at this point, I'm having a hard time even conceptualizing what the landscape is like then. And is the Switch 2 going to be... As powerful as what? I don't know. Not a series or a PlayStation 5. Is it going to be as powerful no, as a Steam Deck? I don't know. Something like that. Yeah, some, something like that would be enough. Um, they need to be, and, and the more they wait, uh, actually that's something a, a friend of mine was saying on my show last week, the more they wait, um, because the, the, the standard for the current gen is not going to move for another, you know, six, seven years. So the more they wait, if they can wait another year or two or 18 months, they can uh, put out a console that will be closer 
to that standard, even if it doesn't do as well. Uh, RDNA 3 will be more commonplace and, uh, you know, the, the chips will be cheaper for the same level of power, et cetera, et cetera. Does that mean think, we have another year with no new Mario game? We don't, we wait until 2024 for a new Mario game. It feels like we're due for that as well. Yeah. I think they need something for, for, you know, holiday season, 2023. Yeah, um, exactly. They have the early part of the year covered, but a Mario would make sense, but then maybe, you know, that could be a, a good opportunity to release. And you were, everyone's talking about the chip issues and uh, manufacturing uh, issues that we've been into for a couple of years. They're kind of dissipating now, especially with demand slowing because of the recession. And if you think about recession uh, uh, being a problem for, you know, people are not going to put out a new console in the middle of a recession – First of all, it might be over by then. And second of all, um, it's been proven time and time again, maybe this time is going to be different, that video games are recession-proof because video games is actually a very inexpensive hobby, no matter what angry people will say about the price of games. Um, it's inexpensive when you compare it to other things. Like if you can't go on holiday because you don't have enough money to buy a plane ticket, then maybe you're going to buy a console instead. So, Yeah. We'll see. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I I think that it is it is a strange time for sure. And uh, I've been predicting the switch two for four years. (laughs) Yeah, at some point, some point you got to be right. I have to be to be right. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. The end of the year, Uh, Nintendo announces they're going out of business. Uh, The switch will be their last (laughs) console. (laughs) It is an odd business when it's like we got we got a hundred million people just ready to buy software. Let's abandon this hardware and get on, move on to the next one. It's very funny. All right, Christian Spicer, what is your story of the week? Uh, I think the, the most fun conversation and the thing that we'll see uh, perhaps soonest of a lot of these things <laughs> that we're going to talk about is the news of the Gears of War franchise becoming this larger multimedia um, entity, as we've talked a lot about Sony's uh foray into film and tv with what um horizon last of us last of us and ghost of tsushima the car game uncharted yeah everything all all the sony's all the sony's are getting a tv show or a movie yeah and and we are living in a world where at one point microsoft's largest ip had a tv show come out Yes. And it, that is a world that now no one cares about anymore. That Isn't that show. weird? Like that, it was weird. So weird. Like the best video game show of all time came out this year on Peacock and it's players. You know, Doesn't, like it's so. <laughs> it's true. Don't you feel like. It's true. Um, don't you feel like if, the, if that exact same Halo TV series had happened like five years ago, it would be a huge hit. It just, and just and now it's, it's so saturated that people are just like me. There's so much good genre TV, you know. Yeah. It, it, so anyway, yeah. that is it. That is its own thing that's mind-boggling. But Gears of War is owned by Microsoft. It is you know not an Epic property anymore, despite where it started. And now we're getting news that Netflix is going all in on the Gears of War business at uh, doing films. I think an anime or a cartoon and also a TV show and all of these things. Netflix is going to be the streaming partner of Gears of War, or I guess the video, TV and movie video partner of Gears of War, 
which of course gives us the rumors of uh, Chris Pratt being every character and uh, <laughs> Dave Bautista still wanting to be this, Marcus Phoenix. <laughs> this is going to uh, cause a resurgence day of this franchise. Hey, I see what you did there. Uh, <laughs> I So we were chatting a little bit about this uh, pre-show, Jeff, and you it's mean, weird. You were talking and he was playing Marvel Snap. Is that that's exactly actually you're, you're joking, <laughs> but that's exactly what was happening. <laughs> Which Patrick, I will say, and to our listeners, I will say too, is the best time to talk to Jeff. Because uh-huh. he's so agreeable. He's like very uh-huh, agreeable. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 yeah whatever. Yeah. Sure, uh-huh, yeah. No problem. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Ooh, so. yes. You're like, <laughs> no, I didn't even ask a question, but he's so agreeable. <laughs> so I expect Jeff's Tesla to get to my house any day now because he totally said he'd skip that to me. Uh, <laughs> um, but I, part of me is like, man, I hope they make a good Gears of War movie. And then part of me is like, man, Netflix is the perfect home for Gears of War because Gears of War should just be a red notice, dumbass <laughs> movie. It's, a, it's an idea attached. about guns that have chainsaws on them. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the. Hey, the, the central theme of that. What what is the one thing that that identifies Gears of War? Your gun has a chainsaw on it. No, it's that. I don't think spoilers, we're talking spoilers for the game. It's that Dom's wife died, and he's real sad. No, that's that is it. That is all Gears is known for. Christian's like, I really want I really want this to be so good. I'm like, good. It's a gun with a chainsaw. <laughs> Listen, I think this could be super fun. Because we the the debate that we got into as I was playing Marvel Snap was, <laughs> do I go with that four power thing or do I go with two two powers? <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> was um, this the idea of uh, Dave Bautista lobbying publicly to play Marcus Phoenix? And uh, you know we were we were marveling Snap uh, about the idea that that he still has to to you know do that beg for a job at, at, even at his level and christian was like i mean i, I kind of want the show to be better than that i'm mean, better that's the be- i think that's the who better than dave bautista so patrick i would like you to weigh in on this issue are you looking for gears of war to be an elite television event or can dave bautista just rip some stuff up with his chainsaw gun i mean are you watching Andor? Of course. It is the best thing on TV right now. It is the best Star Wars thing ever produced, including the, you know. The Christmas movies. special? The Ewok Christmas <laughs> special? Easy there, buddy. I think, Come on. I, I, I would love for them to take a dumb video game property and make it, you know, the, the later Gears, Gears of War have tried to make it a little bit more serious, a little bit more self-reflective. Um, but I would, I would love for them to take the chainsaw on gun, active reload, Hulk of a man, uh, Marcus Phoenix, and kind of God of War it into a... A a series that understands what the original game was, reflects on it, and improves on it in a way that shows they are today adults that don't need to 
you know, fan service reference, the resurgence and the active reload. And in the same way that the reason I'm referencing Endor is that Endor forgoes everything that is supposed to be Star Wars and takes the background of the Star Wars universe and tells a compelling story in it. Yes. Um, and, and God of War Andor is, of couldn't course, be the first Star Wars thing. It couldn't no, be the, but it couldn't be the first Star Wars. It couldn't, could it, it couldn't be, be like, we're doing Star Wars as a TV show for the first time. Here we go. You know I what agree. Mean? But if Why there not, was though? a Star Wars game or like the universe right. of, of Gears of War exists and there's a rich story, lots of characters that have interesting relationships. The, the problem with that is that most of it was written in the, you know, 2000s where it was like, oh, we have to destroy that. What's I'm not right. a big Gears of War guy, but. I've played a few. Um, so I would love to see that, but that would apply to pretty much any <laughs> sure. franchise. Yeah. You're saying um, I want it to be good. I, and I, and yeah. I'm not arguing no, I, against Not just good. I want it to be good. I want it to be, uh, I want it to be, <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm saying. I want yeah, no, listen, I'm not here to argue against good. If, if they yeah. can add layers of depth and nuance and character development and make it a compelling TV show, I'm all for it. But I also feel like don't square peg round hole this. Like understand. I think if I'm going in, I'm going to, you know, if I'm going in and I'm the creator of the Gears of War TV series, yes, I'm going to try to make it good. But I'm also going to understand that the joy of this franchise isn't, you know, complex psychological drama. It, 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 and I think you could get really get in the weeds that way. It's it's a big, dumb, goofy sci-fi action <laughs> epic. Oh, and let's have some fun action. I mean, in in one sense, we just talked about the Halo TV series. And I think a lot of its missteps are that it was trying to go too far up its own crevasse, if you know what I mean. Well, I don't. It was, Please explain. Problem, its misstep was that it wasn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> well, Patrick wants shows to be good, and he does not yes. like shows that are not good. Jeff. Yeah, it's exactly. Not Thank well, you. Difficult. I mean, I don't understand I wanna... why Jeff loves bad shows. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, as, as I'm renowned for loving bad. Um, I also want to head off some emails at the pass and say that Dave Bautista is very capable of, of being a nuanced, interesting, good actor. I think he has shown that yes, uh, numerous times. Like he can be a good actor, but I also like, I'm not, a, I'm not afraid of this show being a rip roaring fun, good time. Like it can be, it can be just uh carefree, fun, uh, sci-fi. It could be um, starship troopers. You know what I mean? I think it can be. I think kind of my caution flag that gets raised is while there is excellent stuff on pretty much every streaming service right now, when I think of the big things on Netflix right now, I think of SEO generated big action star four set pieces, two action stars together, two set pieces, three and a half hours thing that gets watched that no you know like i don't yeah, but that's a tiny fraction of the content on netflix i mean i understand why you associate them with that because they've produced a couple of those but no but seo like recently netflix content has not been except maybe for arcane which is spectacular it hasn't been focused on quality so much as how can it fit all the different pieces of data that we gather from our viewers, you know, that we see that love. 
Well, that's not unique to Netflix. That's that's just streaming services. Well, I don't know. HBO has some interesting stuff. Apple uh, TV Plus has a lot of really interesting stuff that doesn't, you know, that is more creatively risque. Is that only a sexual stuff thing? <laughs> uh, in French, risque. it just means risky. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, but I, I see what you're, I'm not super confident that Netflix is the right home for that. Although they realized this and the person who was like foregoing quality for, because there was a time when they were doing, you know, House of Cards and, and the, the Queen and uh, the crown, sorry, and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Well, they're still the doing person, stuff like that. They're still doing, you know, the uh, crown. The crown. <laughs> well, that's it. Continuing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're still doing yeah. the crown. What, what's the last really high quality show that you saw on Netflix that was recent? I, mean, I think email, people uh, Love is Blind? Was, no, I'm kidding. What, I think they'd what, say Stranger Things season four was like, yeah, but again, that's the last a, big zeitgeist. What about hit. Midnight Mass? Like, that, that that show is a exquisite work of art. Um, that was this year, wasn't it? The Witcher, I guess, is continuing as well. Uh, uh, the Witcher wouldn't fit that. You know, it's an okay video game adaptation, but it's not like, oh my God, this is so good. It's fun because you get to see Geralt of Rivia as Jeff is furiously typing I mean, Google. Cabinet of Curiosities just came out, right? Um, Guillermo del Toro, okay. that's an anthology series. But, you know, I would say try, trying to be, I'm just Googling what Netflix original series of this year. Um, uh, I mean, it, doesn't, it doesn't jump to your mind. When you say HBO, I think you can, you can find a couple of names that come up more easily. Uh, Apple TV Plus, certainly. But I mean, I to answer you specifically, I would say I want Gears of War to be Gears of War. Yes, I don't want them to transform it into some auteur drama in black and white, you know, with some woman lying in bed smoking a cigarette and the guy going like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Or Patrick just got some... real French. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. So, uh, yeah. But yeah, I still want it to be pulp, like, ridiculous sci-fi as well but it could be a good version of that not you know halo i mean he'll he'll take a a chainsaw gun <laughs> split a demon alien in half but then like feel bad about it i mean well i think i think a big thing here and maybe this is a callback to last friday's feeling this episode is what i love about the medium of video games is that you are actively playing it so Gears of War, the first three, I loved. I adored, but not for two when Dom's wife dies in that emotional moment. It was fun to play. The act of doing right. in those games was a breath of fresh air, and it was phenomenal. And it brought a little, like what I think what I think Gears of War could be is Saving Private Ryan. I, I think it could be that. Do you know what they had in Saving Private Ryan? Sword guns. Guns with swords on them. Talking about a, a bayonet. Yeah, a sword yeah, gun, Jeff. It is a sword talking gun. About a, he's right. talking about a sword gun. They had big sword guns. You know what they did with those? They ripped people in half with them. Yeah. It was real gruesome. I don't think I want Saving Private Ryan out of Gears of War. I really don't. I don't think I do. I, I, don't I think there's, I want, I think there's more there. there. Do I want it to be Saving Private Ryan? I don't think so. I don't think so. But, you know. What I about, do think about I don't, Brothers. I don't get do you what, want... why you want Gears of War to be bad, Jeff. I'm not I... saying I want it to be bad. <laughs> I do. I do think we could have an, an awesome moment at the end where Dave Bautista gets finds the grave, and then he 
ages, morphs ages up into old <laughs> Dave Bautista. And that's how well, it ends. <laughs> what we didn't know, Patrick, is that Jeff's motto of I love loving things, there's actually a part after an ellipsis that says that are bad. Uh, is what uh, is how it goes. <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna see uh, eventually. I, I'm I'm curious. Do you guys think uh, uh, Batista's uh, uh, public attempt to get cast is gonna work? Just make a prediction, Patrick. Do you think he's gonna actually play Marcus Phoenix? I really like Dave Bautista. Bautista. I'm. I don't think he should do it. I would love it to be less well known actors. Oh, interesting. Oh, sure. Yeah, maybe he can do it. Maybe he can do it. I don't know. I'm not a. I think they're fools if they don't cast him personally. But Christian, what do you think? (sighs) I think they'll cast him as Marcus, and I don't think Marcus will be the lead. Oh, interesting. Interesting. So a real, real departure. Well, also, I just got this email. The last two have been about his son, right? Yeah, they they want me to be in it, so I guess I got to go bulk up, guys. Be right back. Bulk up. Can you imagine that? Just like (laughs) it's like Dave Bautista, and then just like a regular person next (laughs) day. I think there's probably going to be a couple of regular people. The reason I don't want Bautista Bautista to be to be (laughs) the lead in it is that I I don't think uh, Superman being Geralt of Rivia served the show. Mm. I think he was not great. I, I don't think he's a great actor as much as I love having a celebrity be a gamer. Um, and. Oh, we got to get it, you and Lana in the same room at the same time. That's going to be a fireworks. Ooh, some, a, she, a, some shade at, uh, at Cavill right there. Some real Cavill shade. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is a, a, a Cavill shade. The cavalcade of Cavill shade is what that yeah, is. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not a big fan. Fair enough. Uh, all right. Um, my story of the week, but we got a lot of, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. My story of the week is, uh, you know, how much I love the horizon series, uh, forbidden West, I thought was fantastic underrated. Uh, and I think that, uh, I, I love the world, the world building in, in horizon, uh, zero dawn and, and, and forbidden West, both of them. The, the the different factions, the look and feel, the robots, all of it. I just want to be there. And it looks like it may be happening. There is a report that NCSoft has been tapped by Sony to create an MMO based on the Horizon IP. This, of course, uh, is going to be many, many years off uh, as they are just staffing up for it. But uh, evidently, there uh, NCSoft has uh, job listings for a game that is codenamed Project H, and the only thing H can stand for is Horizon. <laughs> There's no other it? Project Zero Dawn. No, 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 that's too obvious. Project Horizon. <laughs> <laughs> po- it's called Project Blank Horizon. Uh, they'll never guess what it is. Uh, and uh, so, you know, NCSoft, they've made uh, Guild Wars. Um, they uh, uh, co-developed that with uh, ArenaNet. Uh, NCSoft has, you know, some MMO pedigree. There is some thought it might be a mobile game. Uh, mm. That doesn't make me excited. But the idea of doing, I mean, the, the, the two Horizon games already feel like, you know, as big open world role-playing games, they, they feel just one half step removed from MMO because you, they're single player games. But the idea of uh, living in that world, having a big uh, fleshed out MMO uh, in the Forbidden West, 
uh, in the uh, Zero Dawn world it makes me very excited, and that's why I wanted to bring it up. Patrick, do you think this is a good idea? What do you think Project H stands for? <laughs> uh I don't have time for another service game. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's several years off. You know, you can get ready for yeah, it. You'll be then, buying your Switch 2. It'll be great. What if yeah. you have time for another podcast about another service game? Patrick, Ooh, then, you know. now you're talking. Now you're talking. <laughs> no, I think I think it's a it's a really interesting uh uh I mean, obviously Sony is expanding their uh you know, IPs into different types of things. I'm not sure I need a, a an MMO on a phone. So let's assume for the sake of discussion that it wouldn't be a, a mobile game. I could totally see being engrossed in a Destiny, like not full-on Warcraft, World of Warcraft type MMO, but maybe a little bit lighter, heavy mm. multiplayer co-op type game um like closer to destiny or you know something in between yeah um that would be that could be really compelling and yeah i would i I mean who would not pay attention to that given the pedigree of uh, uh you know horizon where i'm a little bit concerned is uh, ncsoft did a great job with guild wars and guild wars 2 um i'm wondering how involved um oh crap who is it gorilla gorilla games yes gorilla games uh would be to make sure i'm sure they would have you know they would be able to oversee the thing yeah um sure yes why not (laughs) i feel like something like like an outriders might work you know what i mean something along those lines good but but good. I have friends that are very, believe very strongly in Outriders. Um, no, I, I yeah. But yeah, you know, I I think that you know third person, still third person, actiony, but but built around that, you know, more like a looter shooter kind of like you're saying Destiny style. But I, I think that could be really fun. I'm just such a believer in the world that they have created for these games that I think they they could really um expand that you know i just like being in that world i like being around hunting robot creatures and using their parts for stuff i just it's got so many trappings that work for mmos already you know what i mean i love the though. world he loves the world so much patrick that he took apart his roomba started wearing it around his neck he uh <laughs> surprisingly fashionable <laughs> no i i know how much he loves the world he he is buying a psvr2 just to play call of the mountain and i got my never i got my email again. today guys I, oh you I, did you're in I, good good i signed good. up for the pre i signed up for the the pre pre-sale so that i get the email <laughs> and then tomorrow morning we're recording this monday tomorrow morning the 15th i gotta i gotta start clicking and see if i can buy me that uh almost completely useless piece of hardware <laughs> good luck but one day you can salvage it into a necklace or shoulder pad armor hey, you know so the, yeah. fits Christian, the horizon theme you know? the good thing about what i did to the roomba is that um now that it, it, it i'm wearing it around my neck it uh cleans my house exactly the same amount <laughs> coincidentally enough exactly the same amount that you also clean your house so it's uh <laughs> now, i've had to do a lot no, more cleaning I, I, of my house because the roomba doesn't work sorry go ahead it's so mmo light that i wonder if doing it in an actual mmo environment would have added value like mm. 
it would be essentially a multiplayer multiplayer right. you're saying it's too close it's not it's I'm not enough of a expansion on the premise i'm wondering if it would yeah. be like oh okay i've i've played this um that's a fair point i think that's a fair point if it's on mobile it would be it would it wouldn't be third person i i think it would be no. like top if, on, down. if it's on mobile it would be like terrible Diablo. is what it would be well <laughs> i mean <laughs> diablo immortal is a really good version of Diablo on mobile that is yeah. obviously uh destroyed by its its business model. Um but but the game itself is is really good. So I don't know that it couldn't work for something else. But yeah, I anyway I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by this news. That's why I wanted it to be my story of the week. But but let's let's also talk about because right as we were starting to record today, we we're recording a little later than normal. Sorry folks for getting this into no, but then you your don't RSS miss feed news from yeah one. we had to wait we had to wait for the hugest no, news they're, they're still holding it there's going to be tuesday morning news also well <laughs> i mean there is tuesday morning news actually there, there really is but uh. the uh <laughs> the game awards announced their nominees uh this morning in a special keely presentation a keysentation um and uh there's a lot of there's a lot of categories a lot of nominees but the the big dog the one that we're all curious about, what were the six games that were going to be announced as Game of the Year candidates? They are as follows. Plague Tale Requiem, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I think a pretty solid list there. Um, I don't think Elden Ring surprises anybody or God of War surprises anybody, <laughs> but... Patrick, are there any games on there that A, surprise you, or B, you don't think belong, or any games that you think should have been on there that aren't? I mean, I wouldn't say it doesn't belong, but I'm surprised to see Stray on there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I haven't finished it. Uh, it's It seems fun, but I don't know if it's... it. To me, this year is a little bit weird because there's a few games where everyone's like the three that where everyone's like, yeah, that that's in the running, right? That those three are certainly somewhere in there. And then when you try to look for another one, everyone scatters and like, Oh, I kind of like this one. And like what there's no, there's three huge games and the others are like, yeah, maybe that could fit. I don't, right. I didn't see stray uh, going in there. I, I could have seen Sifu. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. being a, a contender, I'm surprised and happy for Plague Tale uh, Requiem. Um, but I don't know that there is any other like huge obvious candidate. Some people are gonna uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Three is a peculiar type of JRPG. Maybe Tunic. Some people are gonna you yeah, know Tunic. I think Tunic could have had the stray spot. You know what I mean of the sort of exactly, indie yeah. darling. Um, I would lobby for Neon White. I think Neon White is a, mm -hmm. is a great uh, uh, idea uh, and implementation of, of a game. Uh, technically, Vampire Survivors came out this year. That I know. Get yeah. my, uh, certainly a spot in you know, the, the running. Um, Tunic yeah, did get overall, a nomination for Best Indie alongside Cult of the Lamb, Neon White, Sifu, and Stray. Mm. Um, so I think, and Vampire Survivors got a nominee nomination for best debut indie, best indie, and best debut indie. 
What's the difference there? Especially because Neon White, Stray, and Tunic are nominated in both categories. You can be a best indie and also be the best debut indie? I, yeah. I don't understand They that. need awards that they're not going to show during the presentation to give out. Yes, They need exactly. awards to give out <laughs> yeah. that no one sees. I don't understand. The mandate from Keeley was, we need 154 awards. <laughs> uh, so please figure stuff out and, you know. Yeah. But uh, uh, but Christian, I mean, we don't know which what it's gonna be. Yeah, like, I, yeah. Elden Ring is is got to be the odds-on favorite to to win. Uh, I think it would. Be, I would think it would be a shock if it does not. There is zero doubt. Yeah. Zero doubt. Elden Ring is gonna win. Um, if, if, if I've not played Xenoblade Chronicles three, it may be a fantastic game. Not really my jam. Not what I'm interested in. I don't want to. I don't want to throw shade on a game I have not even played a, a single second of. But if it's my, I think this is a pretty solid lineup for Game of the Year nominees. I would personally remove Xenoblade Chronicles 3 and probably add Mario plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope. Really? In that spot. But see, that's what I'm saying. Everyone has a game or two where they're like, yeah, me, I, I, would, I would put that in the list. Yeah. But that, it's the kind of game where either not enough people have played it or it's, not, it's a little bit more niche. Like it's not their thing or exactly like Xenoblade. I'm yeah. sure there are a lot of people who feel about Xenoblade the way you do about Mario plus rabbits. Christian, what, what's your, I know you don't like to put a lot of stock in these at all, but any reaction to this list? I, mean, I think my biggest reaction is something that I've said uh, for numerous years now. And I, uh, I, I wish that the game awards would decouple from a yearly approach and follow more an Academy approach of annual like the 73rd Academy Awards, what year, What dates does that span? It's mm. not January to December. It's the 73rd annual. So it's movies. And there's a whole criteria for when movies need to come out. I don't think that's true. I think it is the year. I think that's why you see a bunch of game, movies get released in December in limited release only in L.A. and New York. No, there is there is a release window. Yeah. But I'm saying the, the awards show themselves. The Academy Award is not the 2022 Academy mm-hmm. Awards. It's the 83rd annual academy right but i think that's just a semantics thing because it is about 2020 when it happens in march or whatever it is it's about the year of 22 movie releases i think i gotta google this i think so too i gotta think that's exactly what it is that's why you see a bunch of movies at least they do it like once the year is over so they have all the movies from that year because yeah that's true they don't do it in december December. like like keely does so i need to look that up i don't know but i like it is semantics but like the way they call it uh annual instead mm-hmm. of giving it a year and the reason i bring that up is i was uh googling earlier to confirm this but halo infinite is not nominated for game of the year this year it couldn't have been nominated last year because it came out too late for the and the 2021 right. game of the year awards and i'm not saying that halo infinite has had a great live year it's had right. a pretty atrocious live year but when that game launched it was really fun and a yeah. lot of people really liked it. It was a, a very fun revitalization of what the Halo franchise was. And I think it's weird when a game, you know, because you have these arbitrary cutoffs for things, when a game can, well, everybody's like, well, don't worry, it'll be considered neck for next year. <laughs> no, it won't. Right. No, no one's going to yeah, be so at the end of this it? year. It's why forgotten. Why is what you say. Christian's saying it's forgotten by then because it feels like it was in the past. But so, that's, I oh. think it has happened. Mm. And, any, and yeah. any goodwill it has had is lost because it's been a bad year for that game. Like, well, its year hasn't been that's good. That's a different issue, though. Honestly, I don't. I didn't see 
the kind of buzz around Halo Infinite that would maybe it's because I'm not in the in the U.S. and it's a it's a very American loved game, but I, I don't see it as a game of the year, even if we considered like put everything down and and put it in the running. Uh, I, I I just wish that it would decouple from and it, it seems yeah. like games great games get released all year now and having it the idea that this is like Marvel Snap isn't being considered uh, Callisto Protocol I don't know if it will be any good or not isn't going to be considered the new Pokemon game isn't going to be considered and so it becomes this weird thing when people I think look at it as 2022's X but yeah. it doesn't actually cap- so maybe the solve would be yeah they don't do it until February because they actually take the whole calendar year of January to December and then do it so they can do this look back. To me, that's always been the weirdest part about it. But, yeah. you know, I, I think there are some questionable categories, Jeff, as you mentioned, best indie, best new indie, best <laughs> game direction is also one that I don't quite know what that means. Um, I like, uh, I always like most anticipated, uh, which by the way, this year, Final Fantasy 16. Hogwarts Legacy, Starfield, Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, and Resident Evil 4. (laughs) (laughs) Most anticipated game, Resident Evil 4. I know it's getting a remake, and a lot of people are anticipating that, but I think that's very funny. I can't wait till 1997. Um, I would love, I would love to see uh, like a studio accept this award and be like, we are so honored to be awarded the most anticipated game. We look forward to letting you all down soon. We've played it. It's not good. Uh, <laughs> I said uh, 1997. I just looked it up. 2005 is when Resident Evil 4 came out. Well, Apologies. You know. I was wrong, but still. Looking at it from here. It's like... <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, there's no way that... Well, I don't know. Starfield or Legend of Zelda. Could either of those could win that category. All right. To to be clear, uh, I I think it would make a lot more sense to have the the event happen after the year has closed, like in February yeah. or or whatever. Um, the problem there is that you wouldn't get all of the uh, holiday season advertising money. That exactly that's Jeff why one hundred percent why it happens in December is because yeah. yes, it's an ad for games that are going to be sold for the holidays. Yes. Yeah. 100%. It's, it's about it's about ad money, not giving the games that are that win awards a boost in sales in the holiday. It's like you can get that ad money that's set aside for know. Q4 spending. Yeah. Yep. And you know what? Okay. I don't have, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. It's fine. No, um, it's fine. It's fun. Okay. Let's move on. Uh first I need to thank our sponsor, which is NordVPN. You're online. You must be. You're listening to this. Uh, Are you using a VPN? You should probably be using a VPN. You need security. You need performance of a reliable VPN. Whether you've ever used one before or whether you've tried a few, NordVPN has all of the features, flexibility, and friendliness that you could want out of a VPN. First of all, you don't have to be a power user to use a VPN. If that is what has turned you off in the past, do not worry. Because uh, NordVPN makes it simple, simple, just a couple of clicks, whether you are on a computer, on your phone, on your tablet. They've got apps for Windows, for Android, for iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. You sign in, you click a few things, you are good to go. And one account, a single account, is good for up to six different devices. And people use VPNs for a lot of different things, watching movies or TVs. 
in or from different regions. NordVPN makes that easy. Uh, even if you're just watching a U.S. service from inside the U.S., NordVPN encrypts all of your traffic so that your ISP can't throttle your bandwidth based on your content type. And if you're worried about what happens if the connection to NordVPN suddenly drops, you don't. You don't have to worry because NordVPN has an automatic kill switch that blocks your device from accessing the web while unprotected. Take your peace of mind back and use the web with the freedom and security of NordVPN. Grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash DLC. You'll get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan and four months for free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that is NordVPN, N-O-R-D-V-P-N.com slash DLC. You'll get a huge discount and four months free. NordVPN.com slash DLC. All right. Let's talk about the games that we have been playing in a segment we call The Playlist. Patrick, what have you been playing this week? I will unmute myself first. Um, right. I have That's been smart. playing. <laughs> I've been playing a couple of things. Um, a little bit of Marvel Snap, as uh, well. You've talked about it a lot, so I'm not going to talk about it more. But no, no, no. It Jeff, is a, Jeff, would, Jeff would like you to talk about it. There's <laughs> one thing. Actually, yeah. I have one quick thing I want to mention <laughs> about Marvel Snap, if I may, uh, because this week was the first time since the game has launched since I have been playing it that the season ended and a new season began. And so I have uh, some pretty big gripes about how that is handled because really? I, I made it up to, I almost made it to platinum. I was at 48, which is 50 is platinum. So I was in uh, upper gold 48 and I was really trying to get to platinum before the season ended. I didn't quite make it there, uh, but I was at 48, 48 rank 48. Uh, new season starts uh, rank 10. I was at rank 10. That's how it, that, they knocked me down all I the it was way. Only Thirty ranks. Well, I think it's thirty ranks, and then the bottom of whatever tier that puts you in. Ah, oh, okay. So it basically put me at starting from nothing. Uh, it's basically starting from after you do the recruitment level. It's like bottom of iron or whatever it was. Um, and that was very discouraging and frustrating. And the worst part about it, Patrick, I don't know if you experienced this, but it meant that I was now playing bots a lot of bots and mm. now that i've played this game a ton it becomes really obvious when you're playing against bots and it becomes pretty tedious like i i praise the game for sliding me into it uh with the lubricant of bots to feel like oh i know how to play this i'm learning i'm i'm, I'm getting better i'm getting some wins under my belt but after my my decks are are good and i'm having a great time playing against human beings to get knocked all the way down that far and to play against bots again really does not feel fun. It, it's like, oh my God, this bot is, it's doing things that are patently stupid. I mean, literally bonehead. It's letting moves. you win. It's, it's letting me letting win. And I go, I don't, I don't, it's, that's not, it, it becomes a tedium. It's like, oh, I'm just, I need to churn through this to get back to the place I was or near the place I was to have any challenge again. And I, I don't think that was handled well. 
So sorry yeah, to imagine. steal your moment to talk, but I, I just, that's, that's my Marvel snap experience of the last week was living through that first season turnover. And the seasons are fast. They're a month. So it's basically like, so they can charge you nine ninety nine each month for the season battle pass, which I'm not spending, but it means that you basically have a month and then every month I'm going to get knocked back down, like smacked back down. And I'm trying to get back th- up through gold to get to platinum again. It's just, it feels very uh, Sisyphusian, you know? Pushing that boulder I'm, up the hill. I'm sorry that you hate Marvel Snap now and you'll never play it again. <laughs> yes, based on the fact that I've only been playing it for 90% of my free hours. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Marvel Snap is, is, you know, I think it's the first time that I see like gamer gamers, like traditional gamers, uh, actually embrace a mobile only game mm. i haven't seen that happen a lot well it is on and, steam uh, it is on steam well and also didn't Hearth- okay. hearthstone was kind of that too right hearthstone took the I world think, gamers by storm when it launched. yeah no that's true uh i i know this better than most having been at, at, <laughs> yeah. at uh, blizzard at the time and, right and having been in charge of <laughs> promoting that game um but in europe uh among like i was a tiny piece of that uh but the 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 thing it feels like a mobile game this hearthstone was developed as a pc game marvel snap Mm. feels like a mobile first game and it it's designed for that but um anyway so marvel snap is really fun i've also been playing uh overwatch 2 quite a bit and i don't know that you've had someone since the relaunch that has really played it a lot I don't think um, so either. Yeah, I'd love to get your take on it. Because I know you, you I think, departed from playing the first game after a while, right? You kind of got disillusioned with the first game? Well, I mean, like everyone in the world, when you spend three years <laughs> yeah. with no new content, at some point right. you're like, okay, I'm going to go do something else. Um, and I mean, but I spent hundreds of hours in Overwatch before the uh, the the leaving. And even then, you know, I would go back to it and play a little bit of... I've I've literally spent... More than a thousand hours on Overwatch. I have a thousand plus hours, um, and yet the and world then, is no safer, Patrick. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? And yet the world is no safer. You've done. What have you done? What you... <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I keep He's trying. Done his part, Christian. What else can yes. one man do? Talk about well, Sisyphean. Actually... You keep pushing that thing towards the goal, and every time you come back, it's right there in the middle of the map again, Patrick. I, I think <laughs> it's because I'm so bad at the game that I just don't manage to, you know, actually win enough to make it work. Um, but yeah, so Overwatch 2 is is really, like, I was not convinced uh, that it could rekindle the love that people who loved Overwatch 1 uh, had. And starting with the beta a few months ago, I was like, okay, I'm playing this a lot. Like this is, I'm playing the beta a lot and I'm, I'm not looking forward to it going away. So maybe there's something there. And a lot of my friends were also uh, into it. Um, It's really fun, guys. It is really fun. Like the, 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 without getting too much into the weeds of why it works, um, mechanically the game removing one tank has made it so much more dynamic. Like having two tanks was making the games extremely static you would be shooting at the two tanks forever 
waiting for someone to make a mistake or finally getting a barrier a barrier down or something now you only have one tank so everyone's moving you have to pay attention all the time you're like it, it is the 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 fun is very close to the fun that you had playing the game initially and i'm saying this like i'm not a super big pro of the game i'm genuinely not very high um in the rankings but the fun is definitely there so uh i'm spending a lot of time on it and i'm a little bit frustrated by some aspects of the monetization uh, but overall, I think it is a really good offering. And uh, if they manage to keep the content coming, I think, and we're, we're going to have hopefully in 2023, the, the PVE part, which I'm very nervous about. I think it's very hard to make that compelling uh, for a service game. It's essentially developing an entirely new game. Um, but even the PVP part alone, I think, could could carve its uh, space in the service games uh uh you know pvp service games uh, category i'm really liking it that's great i mean i i've heard very mixed things some some folks really feel like it's not a different enough experience to to it's not yeah it it really isn't it it, it's really overwatch 1.5 um but Overwatch is a real good game. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's a really good game. And they have, uh, if what Overwatch needed wasn't necessarily for them to abandon it and go do a PVE game, um, Overwatch needed regular content updates, right? And and I think they thought they could do both. And when they realized they couldn't, they it was too late. Um, but Overwatch is a great game. And, and they've done, they've made... Uh, bold decisions that i wasn't sure i would agree with like going from 6v6 to 5v5 um that that are really reinvigorating uh the game and and you know you can knock it by saying it's not really overwatch 2 pve might change that but it's not what they're trying to do they're trying to make overwatch relevant again and the issue with the naming convention is kind of a side debate um and it's free to play now as well and it's cross save and cross play and all of those things that make it easier to approach so there's something there i'm very excited for the pve stuff i I think that's what i will get me uh really really uh into the because i love the world i love the characters i'm just not that competitive first person shooter guy arena shooter guy um, but I, I, I think I would, I would love to hop in with my friends and take on waves of enemies. I think that'd be fun. It is fun. Like developing a PVE game, PVE service game is an enormous endeavor. I don't see how they can. The problem is for a game like that, you need loot. That's what you need. You yeah. need something to chase. Right. And that creating that you need to make these encounters, repeatable an infinite amount of time um and game design wise i'm sure they can do that but you have to develop an entire ecosystem uh, uh, economy and, and loot system that would motivate people i don't know that they can do that i think they're gonna half-ass the pve part and rely on the pvp part which is what they know works mm. i don't see them developing you need destiny you need world of warcraft you need like it Diablo. is an enormous yeah. thing. You can't just take the characters and the environment from the, you know, PVP part and go, oh, okay, you can kill enemies together. And now instead of 
killing each other. It doesn't work. You're going to play three times and stop. Mm. So I'm very nervous. Unless they have huge ambitions for it, um, which I don't see happening, I think you're going to be disappointed. But well, I'd I love to be forward wrong. to that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you are also playing a, a little game that we've talked a bit about right. here on the show uh, that folks are talking about, that uh, God of War Ragnarok. I have played... So my wife is the best. Like, All right. literally. <laughs> I'm sorry for your I wife. Know, I didn't know it was guys. a competition, but okay. Uh, <laughs> she actually took the kids uh, to her mom's over the weekend so i could play god of war ragnarok that's pretty rad that's pretty rad isn't it go back and listen to this this is the yes this is the episode i wanted you to listen to babe now rewind (laughs) listen to that again that was just my wife who listens to every episode go ahead patrick yes (laughs) um and and so i played a lot i i didn't finish it and i don't want to spoil so i won't i am extremely adverse to spoilers um so I don't know how much I could, I mean, I'm not going to spoil, but even like saying it skip five minutes. If you don't want to hear anything, I'm not going to spoil anything, story gameplay, but I'm going to say a couple of things. Um, it feels a lot like th- there was such, and maybe some things are going to happen uh, towards the end, but there was so much of a hubbub about spoilers that I was kind of expecting something more different than God of War 2018, you know, 0.5. Um, well, how far have you gotten? Like, I've played 30 hours, oh, I think, okay. 25, so you 30 still hours. think it's God of War 0.5? Because I feel like it starts very, very much in the, long, in the line of 2018, uh, but it, it, it starts to reveal new surprises and new modes yes. of, of delight. Yes, no, I agree. <laughs> But it's just what you would expect from a, a new game in a series, kind of. Like, it's okay. not, it's not like, I don't know, Overwatch 2 is is not Overwatch 2, it's 1.5. I would say maybe God of War Ragnarok is like 1.75. Like, it doesn't well, to feel be fair, like it's God a of different... War. God of War Ragnarok isn't even God of War 2 or God of War 1.5. It's God That's of War Ragnarok. Fair. You know, it's it's no. it's Star Wars uh, Episode 5, right? Like, I think sure, we talked sure. about that a little bit on our non-spoiler chat, Jeff. We're like, yeah, this isn't this isn't God of War Ascension to God of War 2018. It's not God of War 3 to right. God of War 2018. It is the same. It's, it's not, I mean, it's like Last of Us, Last yeah. of Us Part 2. Like, Last of Us Part 2 didn't suddenly become a top-down strategy game <laughs> you know, i mean it's like, no but I, again maybe some things happen uh towards the end of god of war ragnarok but in last of us 2 i would argue there are th- you know it's a more i don't know maybe it's the spoiler thing that that threw me for a loop because everyone was so so like crazy about spoilers for Ragnarok I was kind of expecting something insane and so I was a little bit I guess let down by the fact that it's like you you shouldn't get your hopes too high up still it is a really good game um it's a really good like it's as good or better than God of War uh 2018 was um I I I feel like I had a number of moments where I said to myself oh my gosh I can't believe I'm doing this now and to me, mm. that's what that's what a watch out for spoilers is for. Right. Is I can't believe I'm doing this now. 
And I, the, I, the game has t- taken me here, has allowed me to do this, has given me the, this new thing. Like that's, that's what I feel like. Don't avoid spoilers. Not because, oh my God, you know. It becomes a cart racer. In the yeah. Middle. <laughs> or Link, Link dies, you know, and yeah, Prince, yeah. you play as Princess Zelda for the rest of the game. You know, it's not, it's not uh, that kind of like avoid spoilers because, you, you know, your pony is going to die. Uh, but <laughs> you form a baseball team with the villain from the first game. And you have to. <laughs> it's uh, to me, it feels more like, oh, my gosh, I loved that I didn't see that coming. And I loved that I got to do this cool thing that I had no idea was even in this game. You know? Yeah, it doesn't feel like there's anything that surprising to me that i wasn't at all patrick you've been around (laughs) it's just you know it's got a war you expect a certain level of exploration and encounters and stuff like if you know what god of war is and what it's been i think you can pretty much again maybe there's stuff that happens afterwards you can pretty much guess everything that happens in god of war or that's happened to me so far Mm. um I, I will say, however, not guess in the sense that I know this is what's going to happen, but when it happens, you're like, oh, yeah, it's got a war, right? That's how it feels to me. Christian is smiling really hard. Um, <laughs> I, I just keep thinking of other dumb things that they do. Like, oh, yeah, when Atreus has to go play golf for a living. Like, I, I, that's why I'm smiling. <laughs> I'm laughing at my own jokes that I'm not saying. I'm just thinking of, like, <laughs> what else it becomes all of a sudden. We're like, yeah, it really went off the rails when uh, – you know, Atreus had to keep running this endless loop down in Hades. It was uh, crazy to- <laughs> when Betreus came up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all, Patrick. Um, I'm listening, but just also laughing at like then, what would have blown you away. Is like and then all of a sudden. And then he, st- he stabs Kratos right in the back and you're like, I should have seen that coming. His name is Betreus. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why they don't let us write the God of War games. I think we would knock it out of the park. I think think you you should apply for a job there. (laughs) To see it it coming, you would have needed to be Um, (laughs) C-Treus. So uh, that being said, it's a really good game. I'm, I'm having a lot of fun. I think there's a little bit maybe too much of like, oh, we have to go do that and in order to do that, we need the horn of Bokoflucht and and <laughs> go there to get the horn and then like a, a little bit of, of stretching it. Um, I also yeah. think the, the, the story moments could be a little bit more naturally inserted into the game. Like it's really, oh, Arena. And then Atreus, you said this. Oh, yes, father. It's because it was that. But how can you say that? And then, oh, another arena. Okay. Uh, like, it feels a little bit, like, isolated. Mm. I, I keep saying bad things about the game. It's awesome. It's really good. <laughs> it's a great game. I also love what they've done with all the other, um, uh, uh, you know, protagonists of the, in the game. I yeah. think they are. I mean, the, the side characters are really what, much more fleshed out in this one, I think. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I just hope that when way- the- Sorry. I was going to say, I just hope when the world comes to an end, Patrick is uh, the one entrusted with saving it because Patrick only needs to go to one spot to get one MacGuffin and does it. Like, that's the <laughs> end of it. The world's going to end. We need to get this thing. And Patrick's like, I got it. It's in my kitchen. Got it. <laughs> got, got it. On. It's not a multi step <laughs> no, quest, it's like it's a single step <laughs> quest. 
it feels that, like it comes out of nowhere. You're like, oh, you, you need the, the the plate of the havens. Yes, but it's broken and go get the glue. <laughs> It's That's how from every role-playing quest works in the in the, in the history of since Dungeons yes. and Dragons. It's I agree. To, it's just since a, Lord of the Rings. We need to put this sword together. We need to go to Mordor. How do you get there? It's gonna be long. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's not like it's not just you need to go to Mordor and walk, like start walking. Okay, come on. What are you still doing here? It's like we need to go to Mordor. Oh. But in order to get to Mordor, you need to build a cart. Uh, go get some wood from the forest. Play game works, Patrick. <laughs> yes, I agree. It, it feel it just doesn't feel extremely right. natural time, here. It's just, next time I go again, to Europe, I'm having dinner at Patrick's place, and I'm like, Patrick, what are we for dinner? And he'll be like, steak, and it'll just be meat on a plate. One step, <laughs> meat on plate. <laughs> no plate, actually, no plate. Steak yeah. on ground because you, well, there's no plate, there's no table. Exactly. Uh. Yes, that's how we do it in the Finnish forest. Um, <laughs> anyway, I really love uh, Toby Ziegler. I think he is. I know. Uh, right? What, a, what awesome. inspired choice he is. Inspired. You know, I say. He, he he's really great. He really plays Toby Ziegler though. Like well, that's a more what, I mean, that's what he brings to the part. That's yes, that's him, right? I but that, I love that. I love like. Yes, I agree. You think you know every depiction of Odin in the history of anything you know he's like this kind of badass kind of you know even uh even um anthony hopkins you know in the thor movies is a little like bruisery uh, as an old man but i just love that like you know he's just this, he's kind of soft-spoken understated old dude i, I just think it's such an inspired idea to absolutely and it. thor is incredible yeah uh i'm talking about characters we know already are in the game um like their depiction, like it, of course the MCU was in their mind and all of the depictions of these yeah. uh, characters and they made excellent choices for them. Uh, Unique, you know, interesting, yeah. From the get-go, it was like, we can't go that direction. Yeah. We don't want to go the traditional, it's like, they're people. They're, right. Why would we need to depict them as like in their time, they were just, it is really the best part of this game i feel those choices yeah completely work uh, and, you i'm know, looking forward to finishing it but i, I think you're gonna love the end and they and, and if you want to hear us talk about the end yeah, full spoilers uh that episode is coming soon and you can be the first to hear it if you become a patron at patreon.com slash dlc pod but um i you know the, we, there's talk of the this god of war tv series like all the other sony tv series and you know gears of war and all that stuff um I just don't know how you do a narrative version of this that's better than what's in these two games. Like it, it's cast like a TV show or a movie. It's mm. acted well, like a TV what... show or a movie. It's shot like a TV show or a movie. And it just, I can play parts of it. Too. Less random MacGuffins. That's how you I do it. I think that's what like... HBO is going to try to do here in January with the last of us. Right. It's, it's like Sony creates these incredible narrative single player games. And it's like, what is the TV show version? I think to some extent, the TV show version is just a version that reaches a broader audience, yeah. you know, like that's all it needs to be. Um, but it will be fascinating to see. Cause I think God of war is potentially even more expensive to pull off. Well, as oh, a yeah. TV show for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. Uh, all right. Well, that's what uh, Patrick has been playing uh christian Indeed. shall we get into uh sonic frontiers because you and i've i ponied up 60 bucks for this bad boy did you did you buy it 
I did. I bought it on PC. What are you playing on? Uh, PS5. I bought it on PS5 because okay. I, I, okay. read a, I read a note that it does not support Super Ultra Wide. So no reason to have it on PC for me. Yeah. Well, I can do my PC review very quickly on it. It is, uh, as we've talked about on this show, beefy GBs. Um, yeah, you got them uh, uh, extra beefy GBs. No comment. Um, <laughs> it uh, is one of the best PC ports of a game I've ever played and also one of the absolute worst. It is the best in that it it works. It works exactly like you think it would. You start it and it works. It's the worst because your options are PS5 version or PS4 version. Like those are, <laughs> It's like, do you want the settings on high or low? There's no medium. It's like right. high. Or low, 60 frames or 30 frames? What about 144? No, not like there are so. <laughs> la, 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 are la, 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 la. <laughs> Super ultra wide? Why would you want Why, that? Who, what? Isn't this on you your don't, television? You don't have a PS5 on a super ultra. Like, so yeah. there are such limited PC settings that it's a joke. But that said, it works. There's not frame stutter, you know, like all of those. Yeah. It's like, yes, this runs just like the PS5 oh, version. So I'm not exactly I'm, a. Um... You know, not exactly pushing your beefy GPs. You know what I'm saying? I feel like Sonic Frontiers looks like it could have been a PlayStation 3 game to me. Well, it, it, have you looked at the Switch version? <laughs> no. I don't know. <laughs> Is it bad? It's real. It, 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 Yeah, it makes the PS5 version look real good all of a sudden. Yeah, I mean, I um, went from God of War Ragnarok to Sonic Frontiers, and I was like, oh, that they also made a game um it is not i don't think it is a an attractive game it is not a beautiful game it is a barren sad little outpost <laughs> you hang out in as a as a nebulous blue guy i mean it, i honestly i'm sure it couldn't be done on a playstation 3 but it sure looks like it was a playstation 3 not even a playstation 4 playstation 3 because they do god of war ragnarok on playstation 4 um and uh, I'm playing on PlayStation 5. First thing I would recommend anybody playing Sonic Frontiers on PlayStation 5, go immediately to the options, change it to the 60 value, frames. Yeah, value this frame rate setting because the frame rate is not great uh, in the 4K. And, you know, this is a game about moving very, very fast. So get that high frame rate. It, it makes it buttery smooth. But also it is all a game that uh, does a lot of sweeping camera pans. Uh, when you unlock a thing or it shows you a place that you need to go and it will take the camera and just zoom all across this big, vast open world. And uh, almost invariably, you will see the detail be filled in in real time as you go. You know how that thing where, hey, there's grass here, but far away isn't. And there's a little line of where the grass starts to appear as you move through the vista. Yeah, yeah, but how far are you in the game? Because like twenty hours in, Donald Duck shows up and is actively drawing it in oh, as it goes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so it works. It works within the meta. They're drawing it. That. <laughs> Christian likes to set me up. Um, mm -hmm. I I want to hear what you think of Sonic Frontiers, but I will say I, I I believe this is a poster child for a phrase that has been a long time since I've used, but I used to use a lot, which is. This game is more fun than it is good. Because it is not good. But darn it, if I'm not having fun playing it. It's not I, good. It's not good, not good. I 100% well, that, That's agree. why you want Gears of War is to not be good. <laughs> it's fun. It could be more fun than it is good. I think that would be a great TV show for more fun than it is good. It 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 could not be more fun than it is good. Like, that is... 
put it in bold, put it in neon. I think blessing over on the kind of funny review said, like, I have never had more fun with a more seven out of 10 ass game than Sonic Frontiers. <laughs> I don't even know like, if I'd it, give it a seven. It's this feels it's such, there are such bizarre design decisions constant from the word go. When you're like, here's the story cutscene. What, what, <laughs> what? Which is, I think the worst looking part of, at least on PC, like, Terrible. like is this, it, it looks like pre-rendered, fmv like there's like a filter there's something going on with it that like somehow looks worse the ps3 and the re- <laughs> i'm telling oh, you it's and a then, ps3 feel- filter right yeah yeah <laughs> and then when you're playing the game so i i really enjoy this game i like it a lot i love sonic i love 2d sonic i talked about uh, triple trouble that fan release as one of the best sonic games have come out in forever i would probably put that above sonic frontiers sonic mania what five six years ago now incredible game i love sonic i love i love sonic Sonic in 3D has struggled. Sonic Frontiers, I do think, is the most fun Sonic game, 3D Sonic game I've maybe ever played. Like Sonic on Dreamcast was mind-blowing to see it in 3D for that first time. But what Frontiers does I is a fundamentally... I unabashedly love that old Dreamcast game. Uh, Sonic, what is it called? It. Sonic Adventure? Adventure. Sonic Adventure. 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 Yeah, it's great. I, I loved it back in the day. It's not great. Yeah, it's not great. I, you run away from a whale? <laughs> <laughs> it's not great uh what frontiers does is is i mean yeah tech on a technological level it, it is such a bizarre game where there is not only like the grass being painted as it zooms but just the straight up like full structures that load that it's not i mean it to yeah. call it pop in is an understatement yeah like <laughs> yeah you're like where am it's i like gonna a, jump i'm moving real fast where am I, oh there's a platform that wasn't there just a second ago <laughs> like part of the open world you're and it's on your map you can thank god you can see them on your map because i'm gonna get some of the terms wrong but and i'm maybe four hours in so this is definitely a review in progress maybe it becomes not even fun after a while <laughs> four hours in tons of fun i really enjoy it but like there's things on your map like memory fragments or whatever that you need to go get and so I, I see it on my map. So I mark it on my map and I get this orange pillar of light, you know, there that I, and then I'll, I'll, I'll start running in that direction. And there's nothing, there is nothing there, like nothing. Th- and I'm moving fast. And like, I get to the spot, nothing there. Then I stop in that spot. One Mississippi. To, oh, there it is. The platform <laughs> is there now. Like it's so. It was moving I would, faster than the photons. It's I, yeah. Just that's how fast Sonic. It's to show you how fast Sonic can move, Christian. It's an. I it's would a, never choice. find that thing just exploring the world. Like you could not. You couldn't be running around the open map and be like, "Oh, I'm going to go get that," because there's no that there to go get. <laughs> there's it. no that there. But even even before we get to that point, though, isn't it just weird that they went? You know what would be really good. To have this cartoon dude and these kind of weird cartoony structures on what is an attempt at a photorealistic grassy mountain land and deserts and like the the places we are and the things that are there don't seem like they're in the same game at all, right? It's weird. I think, I mean, you get sucked into a thing. So I think maybe that's, and it's like a computer thing. You right. know, there's like stuff that maybe justifies <laughs> that. But he, another thing, just yeah. last week, I think last week was our God of War non-spoiler review. I went on this long diatribe 
about how, oh man, <laughs> when I was a kid, when I was growing up, when I was first started reviewing video games, just even just like 15 years ago, man, half the review would be talking about the camera. And isn't it amazing? We have a game like God of War Ragnarok where we don't even, you don't think about the camera once. It's it, the cameras, we, we've solved it. And then Sonic Frontiers comes along and goes, hey, <laughs> remember how bad cameras can be? <laughs> I, I zoomed it out. I'm at like 65%, like whatever the standard is. I, I pulled it. I pulled it's it crazy back. that the, the, I'm fighting the camera in this game so much. And it's There's like so sometimes many. when it takes over for you and you're doing your Sonic the Hedgehog crazy, you know, going on railings and upsy downsies and loop-de-loops and stuff. And then it'll take the camera and it won't even know what to do with the camera. It'll be like, you're over here. Nope. Sorry. Bad angle. We're over here. Whoa. That's not right. Again, <laughs> going it. faster than the photons. How do you yeah. want the operator of the camera <laughs> to be able to follow you? Exactly. That so is part <laughs> of the design. Part of I will say Sonic the, fast. the game does feel fast. Unlike Gotham Knights motorcycle, where you get on this motorcycle and like wind lines are blowing by you, and like a guy could walk past you, like "Hey, Batgirl," and you're like "Vroom, vroom, vroom, vroom." Like it feels fast, and the conceit of the game, like the the kind of gameplay loop, is that you're in this open world hub, and you're you need to go and collect little things. There's little puzzles and little platformy type environments that, when they load, you need to run up to get to the top to get a little orb that will then unlock a shrine Four different things you need to pick up are there Tons are they things. gears are they keys are they little hearts are they, what are they there's a thousand things that uh, for some would reason. hate it so many steps <laughs> to make this dinner so many <laughs> steps. start talking about the the horn of of gold gods <laughs> yes <laughs> uh, the then- horn of don't quite have it then when you that's the open world part and then you go into these shrines and you're doing speed run levels that are uh at least inspired if not straight up taken uh classic sonic style the classic sonic levels but kind of reimagined in 3d for some that weren't 3d before and others i think new takes on old 3d levels you're doing neon white but not as good (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, but yeah, as Sonic, so a little less yeah. puzzly and, and straightforward. And I find those to be really fascinating because I feel like those represent the idea of Sonic and Sonic's speed really well, where speed isn't always uh, an advantage. Sometimes it is a detriment for even an S-tier time. Like you don't want to be rip-roaring through a thing because you'll miss the place where you're supposed to jump off and target bounce over, again, kind of like Neon White. Um, and I, I really enjoy those and I really enjoy, and don't get me wrong, there's still like some technical problems with them, but I also really enjoy that gameplay bounce of like time and open world to go find this thing to then in a, in an air quote, more leisurely way, climb to the top of this spiral platform and figure out the little, uh, bouncy things I need to hit to get up there. And then into these, um, speed run levels to do these challenges and collect stuff. I, I find that very fun. And I find, again, maybe a little over four hours in, I find the time I've spent in each world to be refreshing and that it gives you a break to do the other thing. And I'm, I never feel like I'm doing one thing for so long that I'm, that I'm over it. Like, again, not a good game in the sense that it has tons of technical problems, but it, it it runs right like it's not <laughs> it broken runs. in the sense that it's no pun intended that, yeah it's that broken but they're just like you spend a lot of time at least i do falling off the world as yeah. you try to explore mm-hmm. things yep and like so- sonic's falling animation 
it's not an animation. It's a pose. He just straight up like there's one pose <laughs> yeah. that holds the whole way down the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's weird. It is a strange throwback, but also trying to do something that has never been done with a Sonic game before. It is breaking new ground and retreading old game types at the same time, which is weird. There's so many things that I'm just baffled by. They decided this was how they're going with this. And yet, I'm having really, I can't have a good time playing it. It is, a, it is bad, objectively, in my opinion, objectively bad. Like, like, I don't have a hard time anybody looking at this game and going, that belongs out in 2022, done and done. But the pure traversal of this game of, you know, I'm running, running, running. I can boost for long periods of time. I can jump on a rail, grind, 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 fly up, homing spin onto a bouncy pad that catapults me to two other bouncy pads. Boing, 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 boing. Like I'm a pinball going, landing on another uh, grindy rail, grinding up around a thing, jumping up, fighting four dudes. Like all of that, very pleasurable, very enjoyable. But it, it, it is these weird isolated pockets of like this this little traversal puzzle that's not connected to anything else that's just kind of living out there by itself and then you do another one and then there's another one and then you kind of open up a new region of the map and then it like morphs in some extra rails for you to get around and hey getting getting around on rails is so much more fun than fast traveling and literally moving through the world is a blast moving feeling like sonic we haven't even talked about the fact that it like lifts liberally from uh, Shadow of the Colossus, which is like, hey, Sonic can take down giant colossi as well. And you got to figure out how to get to the top of them. And that's fun. It's fun and challenging and different. And I've never done that as Sonic the Hedgehog before. But all of these weird disparate elements that don't fit together well at all, wrapped in a narrative that makes no sense, that is bizarre and poorly expressed and has like a... And that's why you need to grab the dongle of the foresight. It's like it has this strange voiceover that tells you. And and then you'll be like pulled into training sessions for some reason. It's It's like none of it fits together. It, 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 but and yet I find myself playing it going, yeah, that's pretty fun. It It is weird game, man. It is so funny and so weird. And I love how they embody Sonic's like snarky attitude. He's still, he's like, <laughs> like, the, he's like, a, like, we need to go do this. Whatever loser. <laughs> I'm just like, what are you doing? <laughs> There's a puzzle. I'm going to spoil one very early game puzzle for folks. There's a puzzle that you need to do to get a little Orby thing. And it's, <laughs> it's three pads. And how you solve this puzzle is you step to the left and then you step to the right. That's it. That's the puzzle. You did yeah. it. You saw. There's a it. bunch like that. There's a bunch like, hey, tap I, oh, these I three know. things. Can you figure out how to tap them? Yeah. It's very simple. <laughs> I, I love this game. It's so dumb, but I, I keep going back to it, and it is. It's yeah, bonkers. It's, it's bonkers that they were like, well, we're done. This this is ready to ship. <laughs> <laughs> it's just we did it guys we made the next gen sonic game let's, let's put it out people are gonna love this reveal trailer when they like the sonic anniversary and they showed like the the anniversary collection or whatever it was and they showed and we're also working on and it was that like cinematic 
you know, it looked like it could have been from the movie, like cartoon Sonic running through a real forest. And it was like, Oh, they're yeah. breath of the wilding Sonic. Ah, yeah. and then it's like, no, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> like th- there's enough good stuff here that if this was in development for another year or two, and they really made it special, like it made it jam packed and feel dense and interesting and lush and just being in the world of this game feels like disconcerting. It, everything's empty and sterile and strange. And there's stuff that activates when you walk on it. And the font that they use is, is weird. And it's just, none of it feels like it's part of a cohesive whole at all. You know? Yeah. I really like it. It'll probably be on my underrated. We do it. Well, I'm curious to see uh, how many more hours I put into this because, like I said, I'm having fun. I, despite myself, I keep point, pointing out things to myself about how bad a decision it was for them to leave that in the game. And then I'm like, well, I'll play a little more. It was super fun. <laughs> yeah. So and basically, really, Sonic Frontiers is to you what God of War Ragnarok is to me. Okay. Like, oh, don't put whoa. that on me, Ricky Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but why do i have to get the the horn of <laughs> no god of war is to sonic frontiers as filet mignon is to the thing my kid made when i let them have three ingredients that don't belong together <laughs> it's really great i'm really happy for my kid and like it was adorable <laughs> that they did that and it's kind of fun when you look at it but you should not eat that <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, that's Sonic Frontiers. What else is on your playlist, Christian? So I have been playing a lot of games, a whole lot of games. Some of them I, I can talk about on, on Wednesday when we do our Wednesday show. It won't be, a, I'll save it for like main show, but I'll be able to talk about some other stuff uh, on Wednesday. You'll probably see it from other places before as well. Um, but what I can talk, the other things I can talk about, I'll do one, they're both pretty quick. Um, Horizon, Forza Horizon 5 had a big graphic update on PC that introduced uh, prettier, fancier graphics and ray tracing and all of these, all of these goodies on PC. And you mentioned going from God of War to uh, Sonic. Sonic. Yeah. I went from Sonic back to Forza Horizon 5, but now with more ray tracing. And here's a game that is also open world, also about speed. And I'm getting like a hundred and, you know, plus frames per second <laughs> all of this ray tracing going on environmental damage as i'm smashing through things holy crap sonic frontier <laughs> so forza horizon 5 all i'll say is it is still one of my you know if it had come out this year it'd be one of my favorite games of this year it's a phenomenal game the hot wheels pack is phenomenal um in this graphical update they did on pc makes a beautiful game already more beautiful if you have been waiting and have not played it yet highly recommend and highly recommend playing on pc the other thing that i've been playing is actually more sonic uh the genesis core came out for the analog pocket among mm. others so now my analog pocket it's rare that i buy a piece of technology that i have zero buyer's remorse for almost ever like i it, it's like ah oh, yeah i bought it and it made me happy for a week but oops <laughs> now i'm chasing more happiness the analog pocket i can play Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, NES, Super Nintendo, Genesis, a Game Gear, Atari, like all of the cores that have come out 
and it's just a phenomenal little piece of hardware. So now the Genesis core is out so I can run all of my, you know, Genesis games that I've ripped on this thing that plays it like original hardware and going back to playing Genesis games specifically on the pocket now and kind of on the go. The thing that I noticed more than anything is how games back then just didn't have saves right the way they do now. And like now a lot of that has been mitigated by sleep wake. Like if I'm playing Sonic two uh, eShop or whatever it is, re-release on switch, I can sleep wake the device and do it. Um, the, most of the cores on the pocket don't support the pocket sleep wake. Uh, maybe they will in the future right now. I think only the game boy and game boy advance games do. And I just find it fascinating that Sonic, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog, the first Sonic the Hedgehog was like, if you want to beat this game, you're here for 45 yeah. to an hour. Do you leave it and on always, as you and yeah. your friends go to sleep in the sleepover and you tell your mom <laughs> not to touch it? Yeah. Like not even passwords. You know, it's just like what those games were of that time. And it's fascinating to kind of replay them in that hardware environment again. Um, if you have an analog pocket, or if you're getting one soon, the cores they've released are fantastic. The spiritualized cores are fantastic. And being able to play all these Genesis games that I own uh, on it now, you know, via the the open cores is incredible. And I love it. I love it so very much. That's uh, what I can talk about this week. Well, I look forward to you finally uh, being disillusioned with that as well and searching for new happiness. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, I don't need to spend a lot of time on the other guys. I played a bunch of Sonic Frontiers and a whole bunch of Marvel Snap. Literally everything right now is based on the metric of like, do I want to be playing this or another game of Marvel Snap? That's the that's the basis upon which I judge anything at these days. And not just video games. Uh, literally discussions with the other humans, TV shows, <laughs> whatever. Um, We're very thankful you're here. Yeah. It's it, it was uh, real touch and go this morning. You know, <laughs> I, I went on a run. <laughs> um, not literally, Jeff did no, not. I, didn't, I don't run don't anymore. Think, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't exercise or, you know, bathe. Um, but I did uh, get a chance to play a, a little bit of a game on uh, that is on Game Pass. Uh, it is called Ghost Song. Uh, Christian, I was wondering if this is on your radar. It very much feels like a game. You love the Metroidvanias. And there's Metroidvania. And then there's, hey, we're just making Metroid, <laughs> which is what Ghost <laughs> Song is doing. Uh, basically, uh, it's Metroid. It's a, it's a prettier Metroid, slower, prettier. Uh, it's very pretty. I think this is a very beautiful, uh, game. Uh, like not Sonic very Frontiers, good. Or what are we, what are we talking about? Huh? Is it Sonic Frontiers pretty or like, <laughs> yes. uh, no, it has a really strong art direction. You, you play, uh, this, this character called dead suit, which is imagine a character with a plasma blaster for one hand and then a mask over their head, so you can't see their real face. And they're in a spacesuit walking through an abandoned spaceship that has monsters. You got to jump on platforms. A lot of time, there'll be like a bulbous monster going around the entire circumference of that platform, so it makes it hard to jump on it. There's doors you have to shoot open. Um, you know, I don't, it's a, never done, been done before. It would never work. That's why it's never a crappy worked. premise. Yeah, uh, this is... Um, a very frustrating game, uh, a game that uh, I think uh, had a lot of promise. Certainly is beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And, you know, lifts from Metroid in, in very obvious ways, but doesn't do it very well, in my opinion. Uh, it's it, it's agonizingly slow. You do get, uh, you can upgrade to like being able to sprint, but really should have been able to do that right from the start, I think, based on how um, 
monotonous and long. You'll get you'll have this game. You'll like walk down many corridors only to get to an area that you can't go through yet. And you go, oh god, I just gotta walk all. I literally have to just turn around and walk four screens back. <laughs> Excruciating. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, it does things like when you die, uh, you have to you have less health when you start. And you can pay to get your maximum health, your, your current maximum health back to normal. But when you die, you lose all your money. So you, you start with less health, meaning you can survive less time. And you have to earn the money to just get back to the health you had before you died. So it's just insult to injury at that point. It really is, hey, you died. Guess what? It's going to be way harder to even get back to what you were before you died i'm I'm sorry man i'm really sorry does um, death happen a lot like is it uh i mean i'm not the greatest player of these kinds of games i died you know not a, not a ton it wasn't incessant death but it was enough times where i got frustrated and you know like i said the game is very pretty and if you're into metroid and you want to play a game that's prettier than metroid in my opinion this is it but it's it's slow. It does some weird things. I do not think the level design is very good at all. Like I said, you'll have these long stretches of just walking slowly through things only to realize, oh God, I went the wrong way. It just, it just doesn't do the premise very good. So again, it's on Game Pass. You can give it a shot if you like Metroids. It's called Ghost Song, but I can't recommend it, unfortunately. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of DLC. We do have parting gifts coming up, so stick around for those. But Patrick Beja. Always a pleasure to talk to you. We love hanging out with you. Thanks for being here. Uh, thank you for having me. I am <laughs> super happy to uh, have heard you talk about Sonic. It was highly entertaining. Um, <laughs> Does it make you want to play it or want to never play it? I have two small children. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So, <laughs> so literally will... anything you can do to not be around them, you'll do, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean... <laughs> My wife took them away for several days. Wife of the year. Wife of the year. My wife of the year. Um, yeah, <laughs> if you, I know what you're going to say. If you want yes, thank you. to, uh, if you speak French, maybe you would be interested in hearing more from me. I, I don't do stuff in English anymore. Maybe I'll take it up again one day. But as I just mentioned, I have two small children and uh, not a lot of time. But. I do a uh, video games podcast in French called Le Rendez-vous Jeu. I also do a uh, tech news podcast called Le Rendez-vous Tech. You can find all of that along with my Twitter account and a bunch of other things at notpatrick.com. That's notpatrick.com. Christian Spicer, what about you? What do you got going on this week? Uh, still playing a lot of games that I will talk about later this week. Um, then I, ooh, uh, I'm, it's not ready yet but i'm in the process of putting together my new website jeff Whoa. my new my new, new website, website where i will on uh on micro... a, you think you used a sponsor to make that did you not well i think you sent me i think is I, what yeah happened. jeff sent you that's my understanding yeah. yeah yeah you yelled it like i was going to bed and then i just heard squash <laughs> and i was like ah um but i'll be doing some micro blogging there that then i will just link out to twitter as i create a different landing page for stuff cool and then i'm still working on my newsletter as well that people can subscribe to for free at tinyletter.com slash christian spicer 
The one I am still toiling away at is the idea of what the evolution of games looked like 20 years prior uh, and kind of where they are, you know, like that idea of what Pac-Man was to third person action games to third first third person action games to today and what maybe looked like stagnation, I am arguing, has actually been a very robust and diverse um, changing environment for what video games are and can be. So that will come out like all video games today when it's ready, uh, <laughs> which uh, to that, I will say I'm reading a bunch of old Marvel comics as well. And it's fun to see in the back of some of them. They'll be like, next issue when it's ready enough said. And I'm like, hell yeah, Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And that's about it. Jeff, what about you? Well, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Canada, which is spelled two N's and one T. I have other podcasts. The film cast is about movies and TV shows, and I think you'll enjoy it. You can check that out wherever you get podcasts. I also do a comedy science show called We Have Concerns, uh, which is a show that'll teach you something and you can laugh along the way. I also do uh, the uh, fan controlled show uh, on uh, on Thursdays on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash Fan controlled sports is where you find that. Also a, a podcast. Lots of fun stuff. Uh, but let's wrap the show up now with our parting gifts. Hey, give us a suggestion of what to do this week. Give us a parting gift. This is your parting gift. Patrick, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week? I do you know the good fight? I do. I've been told to watch it so many times by Devendra Hardwar on the film cast. He's a big, big fan of that show. I think you should listen to Devendra. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's good. It's stuff, really right? good. Yeah. Did, did you watch The Good Wife? Which I did this not. Is, it has is, like a billion okay. D episodes. It's very intimidating. Yeah. You don't need to have watched uh, The Good Wife to watch The Good Fight. It's related, but not very much. And there are four, five, or six seasons. The show just uh, completed its last season a, a week ago. It's really good. Uh, it's a lawyer show and you have to like that kind of thing it's like quirky a little bit weird and more political than the good wife was it's comedy legal comedy like you know actual legal comedy unlike she hulk which is just a fun show um and it gets political in interesting ways and i think that it could have been a little bit more depressing uh, for some people if last week had not gone the way it did. But it's a, a good, maybe it was a good way to try and deal with things that were happening for the past few years, but it also goes over things about COVID. And it's just a, a, a weird thing that there is not a lot of on TV uh, through the lens of the lawyering in, uh, what is it? I can't remember where they are, but it's really good. And I think you should give it a chance if you like lawyer shows, The Good Fight. Good Fight. I keep hearing good things about it. Um, one of these days, I'll check it out. Uh, Christian Spicer, what about you? What's your parting gift? Well, I have watched all of The Good Wife. It was just Patrick's wife letting him play God of War. All <laughs> it, was a, it was a short. It was easy. It was easy to binge. Um, two. One is important and one is just for funsies. The important one is 
end of the year time. What's your first aid kit look like? When have you done a survey of the things that you have in your home in case a disaster strikes? What's your exit plan? Mm. Talk about that with your loved ones, with your children. What supplies do you have? What supplies have long since expired? What do you have in your car uh, to have that ready? Do you have jumping jumper cables You know, at the bare minimum? Look at that stuff. Take t- stock. Uh, I do it every six months, but also certainly annually. Take stock of what you have and what you might need in case of emergency. The fun, silly one is go mini golfing. Uh, and I mean, classic old school but take your first windmill, <laughs> take your first. Yeah, you're going to need it. The windmill, the castle, you know, all that, all that stupid, silly stuff. And especially it's so if, fun. You, if you meet up with Atreus, like stuff happens in, in <laughs> that mini golf course. Well, yeah, he had, to, he had to be earn his way up to become the manager of the mini golf place. Like it's very it's odd, a, it's very odd direction. It, it, but first it, he had to, to go to the pool to get uh, another thing that he needed to. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay. And then when it became a full cooking mama game, I was like, <laughs> okay, this is, uh, you know, fine. But, and then it was overcooked and Kratos was like, rice. And Atreus was running around <laughs> getting the rice, but it was very fun. Um, I took my kids mini golfing and here in LA, we were able to go to where they filmed the Karate Kid, which they loved because they loved the Karate Kid. And it is still that same golf course, right? It's not 2022 mini golf. It is just regular mini golf. And what I loved about it and why I, I want to go them, there so bad. It's very fun. And why I want to take them even more is I feel like in life, there are very few things that are as fun and frustrating as mini golf <laughs> where it's like, it's not frustrating like a mobile phone game where it's like buy some tokens and you can bypass this. It's like there is a ramp that is at a 30% incline. You have a ball and a crappy little stick. Good luck. And you're just sitting there tapping it and you get it 30 the way up. Then it comes back. It all, you're like, stop, 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 stop. It always rolls back just slow enough that you always think it might stop halfway on that hill. It never does. It comes all the way back to you. You have to tap it again and then tap it again. And just, ah, it was really fun to watch them deal with that type of frustration, a frustration that as an old, I've dealt with many a time as mini golf, I think was more common. And I don't know how many things are like that anymore. A tactile, physical, <laughs> it's designed to be annoying. And I loved it. I like Mini golf. I like how you'll, you'll have the, the, what is clearly the critical path, the, uh, you know, the, the very difficult shot to line up, you get it right in the thing and then it dumps it right on. It's supposed to give you the potential for the hole in one, but that was 30 years ago, you know, and there's been so much. <laughs> yeah weather damage and, and and kids banging something with the with the golf club that literally like the the critical path is not going to give you any better chance of getting the ball in the hole than any other place yeah no i did get one hole in one while we were playing wow. i did i Nicely did knock done. one in and i called every every hole i was like all right kids let dad show you how it's done and i would you know not do well but i did <laughs> knock one so pretty pretty good flex Nicely done all right my parting gift is first of all I gotta wish Christian Spicer a happy birthday. Happy birthday, Yay, Christian! Happy birthday! Should have done that at the top of the show. Uh, happy birthday, Christian. Thank you for spending it with us. Um, are you doing anything special for your birthday? I mean, talking about Sonic Frontiers. This that is pretty been, special. It's pretty it's special. It's been the treat. I'm you don't wearing my spend blue, with... you know, my blue hoodie for a reason, right? I'm ready to. You don't want to spend it with friends? What do you think I'm doing here with Patrick? <laughs> Uh, anyway, happy birthday, buddy. I'm, 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 uh, uh, hope you have a, have a fun night. Uh, my parting gift, uh, is, uh, for, for, for families, for parents, mostly, uh, I've recommend the bluey, 
uh, many, 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 many times. We still love the Bluey in our house uh, uh, to the point where it should have gotten old at this point. Hasn't. But Bluey Adjacent for me is a new show on Disney+. Plus. Uh, my, my kids love the Zootopia movie. Uh, and uh, the Zootopia Plus has just come out. Zootopia Plus on Disney+. Plus. That's two pluses. Would you make a minus? No, not in this case. Uh, it is a short series of episodes that sort of take characters, side characters from Zootopia, and make uh, whole little episodes about them. And the reason I brought it up in relation to Bluey is one of the genius things about Bluey is how uh, the episodes are short, six, seven minutes. And that's the case here as well, which makes them the perfect right before bed. We can watch one, maybe two if you're really good. And you're in, you're out. It's great. And they're, they're charming. They're fun. And if you know Zootopia, there's like really wonderful little, uh, you know, characters that that you just saw little bits of that get a more expanded look. It's good stuff. Zootopia Plus. Uh, good, good watching. I'm always on the lookout for stuff that's good for my kids, but I won't want to pummel myself with anything while I'm watching it, you know? What about something that's good for your kids that you can also still play Marvel Snap on your iPad? That's everything. Um, this is a listener suggested <laughs> parting gift. This was sent to us at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. It comes from Kevin. Kevin says, hey, I hope this finds you well. First off, thanks for everything you've done. Loving the Patreon. Monday, I get the show I've loved for years. Wednesday breaks my week up with some friends carrying on. And Friday, I get a great discussion with feeling this. Ah, thanks, Kevin. Uh, my parting gift suggestion is Marvel Midnight Suns prequel shorts. On YouTube, I stumbled across the second episode by accident and went back to watch the first immediately. They're setting up the characters and story for the game, and I really enjoy them. At only eight minutes long, it's a good little sit. The animation is really well done, and the intro, what an intro. The intro got me hyped for the game. Take care. Thanks for everything. A happy Patreon member that doesn't think I'll ever be able to pay you back for the hours of entertainment and happy times and distractions in harder times. You've helped me through both. Ah. Thank you, Kevin. We appreciate you writing in. Uh, I have not checked out the Marvel Midnight Suns prequel shorts on YouTube yet, but man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check them out now. That's really cool. I'm very excited for that game. And I love how they're sort of building a, their own little world, uh, you know, this sort of alt version of, of characters. Really cool. That's also this year, right? Like, didn't it get re-undelayed? And it's like, it's like it can't be this year's Game Awards. 2nd? Oh, man. Yeah. Crazy. And I did look it up for people yelling or emailing us. Yes, the Academy the Academy Awards encompasses a calendar year, but the awards show happens in February or March, and they don't label the award show 2015. So they just call it the 98th right. annual whatever. But thank you for and your I emails that you've already sent. <laughs> I, I did look it up. Midnight Suns comes out December 2nd. Oh, man. Too many. Too many games. <laughs> Thanks Wait, you had for the listening. bumper ready to go, Jeff. You had the bumper just right there, ready to go. That was great. Thank you. Yeah, sometimes it takes me a while, and other times <laughs> it's right there. Um, <laughs> thank you, Kevin, for sending that in. If you'd like to have your parting gift on the show, send it to us, dlcfeedback at gmail.com. All right. That's it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Patrick Beja and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star for the fun bumpers. Thanks to our theme song composers, White Cube, which is Jason Sherry and Teen Ryan Arnold. Thanks to all of you for listening. Thanks to our patrons for making this show possible. We are incredibly grateful for your support. Our top-level patrons, our hype train-level patrons, get their names shouted out 
at the end of every episode, so I'm going to do that right now. All right, it is my privilege to thank our Hype Train patrons for making this show possible. Patrons like... Scott Lambert. <laughs> Hyperboy66. Sure you can. David Epp. Comedian Aaron Trahan. Curtis from Louisville. Relentless Rex. Michael S. Andy Joyce. Matt Valdez. John Sisko. Kyle Starr. Riley Knox. Dan Flanagan. Sasan. Anthony Goulas. Rob Rickman. Adam Denby. Hank Patton. Cheesy Bob. Scooby Diesel. Matt Bradley. Victor Valenzuela. Jonathan Talbert. Chris Zacharias. Will with one L. Harris. Jeff Luxack. Mitchell Ness. Jonathan Putney. Jimmy Radcliffe. Mark Gowland. Scott Hughes. Malcolm King. Dan Palmino. Ben. Kevin Brazel. Stu Goss. Jenny. Nate. Jonathan Spiceman Forever Schlepfer. Zachary White. Yick. Albert of the Stuff and Junk Show Podcast. Soren Silk. The Spiceman Silencer. Travis. Mike Lombardo. Jackson. Michael Buck. Nick Strauss Klein. Peter Olberg. Michael Stadler. Jad. Taylor Wigert. Josh Peak. Christian Bravery. Jason Novak. And Octavian. Let's see you. Thank you, all of you, for making this show possible. For your generosity. That's it for this episode. We'll see you next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.